Do you love movies? Do you love TV? Do you love when people give their opinions about your favorite movies and TV shows? Then you'll love Nadie and Katie and the movies. Hello, and welcome to another brand new episode of Nadie and Katie at the movies. I'm your host, Nathan, a.k.a. Nady, of course, and with me as always on this journey of movies and TV is my good, 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 good. No, that wasn't the computer messing up. That's actually me saying good so many times. Friend Katie. Hi, Katie. How are you? Oh, well, I'm doing good, 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 good. That was good. That was that was funny. I'll tell you what, um, I don't, I wish the, the listeners could see this, but we actually have both of our, um, we've, well, Nathan has his oldest, Anna sitting on his lap and I've got Ben here with me. So, um, it's a, it's a family affair today. Anna, are you excited to be on the show? Yeah. And are you excited? We got a, <laughs> which I think is excited. Well, they should be excited because this episode is our last episode for a little bit. We're going to take a bit of a summer break, spend time with the family over the summer, and come back strong with some more Star Wars. So without any further ado, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. Star Wars, A New Hope. That is the first in the original trilogy. And then... The Star Wars classic that everyone watches every year to celebrate that all-loving holiday season. No, not Christmas. Life Day. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the Star Wars Christmas holiday special. It's not even a Christmas special. And Anna's already letting me know what she thought of it. But let's start with Star Wars A New Hope. So, of course, again, this is the first, the original Star Wars movie came out in 1977 and was a smash hit. Obviously, this was the first time people met characters like Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Princess Leia, Han Solo. But with this chronological order list that we've been using, we've already met these characters. The original Star Wars movies, they look like they were made in the 70s because they were. But then years later, I guess when the prequels were about to come out, they decided to do remastered versions of the original ones. They released them in theaters with new special effects. So like there were some of the creatures looked more CGI than they did in the seventies. Their uh, job of the hut was completely CGI as opposed to back in the seventies, where it was basically a guy in a suit and they kind of used some kind of computers, but not to the extent they're, that they're able to do today. Now, this is heavily debated because a lot of people thought that it kind of took away from the nostalgia of the classic movies by putting all the CGI stuff in there to make it look somewhat updated. And so it's debated whether they should release the original, original cut. Uh, and we'll get to another reason why later when we review, I think it's Return of the Jedi when they kind of quote unquote updated the ending of that movie, but I'm not going to get into what they did oh. until we watch it. But 
it's been kind of debated whether they should have even touched the original movies with CGI. Mm, I could definitely see both sides of that issue. Like, it, and, and I, at least for now, I appreciate it being able to see it more clearly. I'll go ahead and do the synopsis for Star Wars New Hope. So it starts off with kind of C-3PO and R2-D2 in this spaceship. And uh, this kind of takes place almost right after Rogue One, which I think we stated in our previous episode, that it kind of runs right into each other. And so the, the plans for the Death Star have been intercepted and they have been put into the R2-D2 unit by Princess Leia. She says that Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Well, we go to Tatooine where Luke Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker's son, spoiler alert, lives with his uncle Owen and his aunt. And they end up getting C-3PO and R2-D2. And as Luke Skywalker is cleaning R2-D2, he sees this video of Princess Leia. And he's like, wow, she's beautiful. Which, if when you find out what you find out later comes to sound kind of creepy. But anyway, so he's cleaning the R2-D2 unit. He finds about Obi-Wan Kenobi. He thinks she's talking about Old Ben, which is kind of like a really lame hidden name for Obi-Wan Kenobi, but that's neither here nor there. So he meets Obi-Wan Kenobi officially, finds out he's a Jedi, talks about his father, Anakin Skywalker, and how they fought together in the Clone Wars, which now sounds even cooler now that we've watched that show. And so they go to find the princess. They meet Han Solo, who flies them in the Millennium Falcon, which he won from Lando Calrissian, if you watch the Solo movie. And so they go and they say Princess Leia, and then they find out that Princess Leia doesn't really need their help because she knows how to shoot laser, boom, 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 boom. But then, before this all happens, she gets kidnapped by Darth Vader and is being asked to tell them where the rebel base is. And she's like, no, 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 I'm not going to tell you where the rebel base is. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Well, we'll destroy your whole planet with the Death Star, which they do. Kaboom. So that means Senator Organa is probably dead now. Her stepfather, her adopted father. All this happens. Then they find out that the plans for this Death Star show the flaw. And so they get the X-Wings. They fly. And they shoot. And then Luke Skywalker makes the Death Star exploded, which means General Tarkin is officially dead, too, because Tarkin's been in the Clone Wars. He was in Rogue One. All this fun stuff. So all those people are dead, but not Darth Vader, not Anakin Skywalker. No, no, no. He's flipping around in in one of those TIE fighters in space now. And so the end of the movie ends with Luke Skywalker and Han Solo getting a medal, Chewbacca being left out of getting a medal, kind of a jerk move, Princess Leia, and they all live happily ever after, or do they? We'll see later in another movie. So that's the synopsis of Star Wars New Hope. Very short but sweet version because a lot of stuff happens, but in a way, it's like the biggest thing that happens is the Death Star getting blown up. I just was confused. I didn't realize that the Death Star, like the main big thing, I feel like you can buy koozies of, you can make ice balls with them, you can have like your mouse pad that's the Death Star. All this stuff, I didn't realize it gets, like, destroyed in the first movie. I I assumed that would have been the ship for, like, all three of the original movies. But it just gets, I don't know. I just, I didn't expect it to be gone that quickly. Now that we've watched all these movies and TV in order, it kind of makes sense that it got destroyed so easily because of Rogue One and the whole point of getting the plans to 
the rebels, which is what they do in this first one. But then you find out how the empire strikes back because that's the name of the name of the next one. I think they basically what they do is they just build another Death Star. Like that's like the big thing for the Star Wars movies, because in like the newer trilogy, it's called Killer Base. And it's like the Death Star 3.0. Because I think they do a 2.0 Empire Strikes Back. I could be wrong. I, I, Yeah, but I don't think I can. So, Katie, what did you like and what did you not like about Star Wars A New Hope? I can't wait to hear this. Uh-huh. Um, I thought the acting was incredible. That was good. I love CP3... CP3... C3P... C3PO. C-3PO. Sorry, I didn't sound right. Um, I did research R2-D2, the little beep-beep, like the blue and white little robot, is actually played by a a person, like a person got into the little costume device and like would bounce around. Um, I thought they were really cute. I wasn't sold on Luke quite yet. Like, I don't know. I'm sure he was this like dashing young man at the time. Like, he's just kind of like a young kid. Um, Here's my only my very first critique and it happened early in the movie. Oh my, there's, it's chaos in my home right now. Um, Luke Skywalker's uncle and aunt get burned alive by the bad guys. And you see their like burnt carcasses. And he's just like, ah, I think I'm going to be a Jedi now. I did not remember that or know that. I, I mean, Disney warns you, Hey, there's going to be some lights sequences they don't warn you hey there's gonna be some dead carcass bodies on the screen that took me by surprise my only other thing i guess i could really i liked the movie overall my my other thing would be i do think it all happens so fast that i don't i I don't quite think i could have understood this if this was the first movie, like the, like I almost felt myself trying to watch it as if there was never anything star Wars in before this. Does does that make sense? Like it's, it's hard to watch it through that lens because watching it through the lens we have now, it was really cool. Cause you're like, Oh, that's what this is. That's what this is. That's comes from the, but would it have been as entertaining first time around? I don't know. Well, apparently it was because they made, you know, two more, after this one and it got big crowds of people to go see it because back then people wanted to go see anything that could take them out of you know what was going on in their world which is kind of why most people see movies nowadays anyway because they want to escape so Mm. going back to uh, r2d2 yes he was played by a real person called kenny baker and he was three feet eight inches tall and he would go inside r2d2 and control basically i guess like remote control move him around and probably press buttons to do the beep beep. i don't think he did the beep beep beeps himself i think he pressed buttons to make that happen so yeah it was controlled by kenny baker all star wars movies were fun and it is interesting to think how did people really react when they first watched these with no background story whatsoever which i kind of went into before as you know, how I didn't think we needed to know everything about the emperor, which I don't think we meet in this one uh, yet. Uh, but like characters like Darth Vader, did he really need a backstory? Uh, obviously, yes. When you find out things later on 
And when things are revealed later, too, like I said about the whole Luke Skywalker saying Princess Leia looked really beautiful. But when you find out things later, and especially what Luke says when he finds things out, yeah, you're just like, huh? But anyway, uh, these movies are great. James Earl Jones, obviously, is Darth Vader. Uh, But did you notice in this one, and see if you can catch a difference between this Darth Vader suit and the Empire Strikes Back. And I could be wrong, but in The New Hope, it looks like the lenses on his eyes are more see-through than they are in Empire Strikes Back. I could be wrong, but like you can actually see the person who's wearing the suit because it's not James Earl Jones who wears the suit. He just provides the voice, which has been debated as well because there was this big... Uh, documentary about the guy who wore the suit and how later on in the movies when i'm not really spoiling because these movies have been out forever but he takes the mask off at near the end of the movies and it's not the guy who had been wearing the suit the entire time it's some other guy and the guy who was wearing the suit didn't know they were going to do that until he watched the movie and so he was kind of obviously upset that he wasn't used to be Darth Vader when he takes the mask off because he'd been wearing the suit this whole time. Wait, that's hilarious. So you're basically we're the directors are like, mm, we don't like your face. Like it can be behind the mask, but we don't like what your face really looks like. Well, and there's actually uh, early shots of the movie before they use James Earl Jones voice. And it's the guy wearing the suit talking. (laughs) You have to go look it up because it's not very intimidating whatsoever. He has like a very high pitched British voice. And so it's, it's not, not anything close to James Earl Jones. It definitely is a good starting point for a movie. Like I love that it just kicks off with action. I think that's really fun. And I think you're right. I don't know if it, would land quite the same way if it came out now. But if this was maybe on the forefront of the kind of like that kind of movie, the outer space and the unknown and feeling like you're escaping to a whole nother world where like nothing at all is related to earth. That was probably a big highlight of it. What I also want to know, maybe it comes up in the other movies is Obi-Wan Kenobi just came out uh, on Disney Plus, and everyone seems pretty obsessed with Obi Wan. Obi Wan in this movie to me was just like an older dude that's just kind of chill. I didn't feel like he was some oh my gosh heroic wise person that should be iconic. And so maybe he shows up more later. I don't know. I just I didn't find myself being like wow Obi Wan. Well, I mean, did you watch what happened to him? Well, like- that was another thing. I didn't know he. I was not expecting him to die, like allow himself to be martyred and killed by Darth Vader. Sorry, yeah, spoiler. He he like looks over at Luke and is like, I'm gonna kill myself and like takes one for the team, which I guess we're promoting like sacrifice. I don't know, but he which now that we've watched those other movies or TV shows, we we understand that, you know, he's I think he wants to die so that he can become omnipresent because then you hear his voice later in Luke's head. 
it's, it, am I, am I reach, am I reaching to say there's a correlation to Christianity here? You know, like when Jesus dies and then it's actually good that he died and left because now his Holy spirit lives within us. And so am I, am I stretch? Am I reaching? Well, what do you think the force is? The force surrounds us. Mm. You know, it's, it's all, it's all knowing, all seeing. I don't know. Well, um, I mean, yeah, there's, I guess there would be, there should be a whole Bible study about, I bet there already is a Bible study correlated with Star Wars, which well, does yeah. relate to light day, which is like Christmas. It's, it's life. It's life day. Oh, it's not light day. It's not, it's not the festival of lights. It's not hot. Wait, really? Yeah, it's called life day. But I, I'm assuming you're trying to move right to the holiday special, which we will. So a year after Star Wars A New Hope was released, George Lucas and friends had a brilliant idea. They thought, hey, Star Wars is a big hit. We want to keep this ball rolling. We want Star Wars to be a hit forever. So we're going to make what every, I think, I think other shows and movies did this as well. They want to do a holiday special. And so they thought, hey, let's release something around Christmas time. Bring all the cast. They they brought they brought Mark Hamill back. They brought Harrison Ford. They got they got Carrie Fisher. They got C three PO. They got R two D two. They got, even got James Earl Jones to lend his voice to Darth Vader for what is now known as the worst thing in Star Wars history ever. But at the time, they thought it was going to be a, a Christmas classic because it had nothing to do with Christmas. Christmas was not mentioned one time. No, Christmas was not. But this Wookiee holiday that all the Wookiees in the Wookiee world celebrate, good old life day, is the topic of discussion in this holiday special. Yeah, wait, can I give the synopsis? So we find out Chewbacca has a family. He's got a wife, I guess a, a his father. It doesn't explain. It does not explain because they're all speaking Wookiee, but there's like an older, creepy as all get out, older Wookiee, and then a little Wookiee. So anyway, it took me like an hour into the thing to realize that was Chewbacca's wife and that the old man wasn't her husband. Anyways, um, so Chewbacca's off doing adventures with Han Solo. So, you know, it's he needs to get home for the holidays. They should have called it home for the holidays. And that's the whole premise is like trying to get Chewbacca home. And then, of course, you also have the bad guys, the stormtroopers and the Empire. They're on, you know, looking out for any rebel activity. So they kind of, you know, they show up at the Wookiee house and they're like turning over everything, looking for Chewbacca. And they don't find anything. And the whole thing ends with Chewbacca and Han Solo showing up and he makes it home for the holiday. Then there's this really weird holiday ceremony that's not explained in any way whatsoever. And Princess Leia does this like beautiful speech at the end and talks about, I thought she did a great job, but I didn't understand it. And I think going right into the reviews, the purpose of it, and it would mean a lot more if we lived in the seventies and were intimately familiar with the popular musicians and actors and actresses of the time. It, it had all these little moments of like music or like little one-off like skits or sketches that were like moderately related to the overall plot, but it was sort of like an SNL thing. Like there was a skit after skit, little tiny skits. And it, and it included Nathan, you know, more about theater than in movies than I do, but included some probably big names of the time. So, Oh, wow. So-and-so did a song. 
Am I, I mean, who were some of these people? I look, one of the ladies does like a comedy bit and she's actually one of the golden girls. That's the only person I recognized. Yeah. They had B. Arthur from golden girls fame. They had Harvey Corman, which if you're a fan of the Carol Burnett show was on that show a bunch. He was funny on that show. Not so much on this train wreck of a holiday special. They had some famous singers of the seventies, uh, Jefferson's some speed wagon or something. And this a random singer who sings to the, to the grandpa Wookiee. And I guess it was supposed to be kind of like, um, I know this is a kid podcast, but it, he's basically watching soft core porn. No, that's exactly, I was so blown away by that whole scene. He like gets a machine and that machine, like it's almost like virtual reality. He's got like this virtual reality thing on and he's like got the girls speaking fantasies to him. And you're like, wait, why are we watching this? And then she sings to him and he's loving it the whole time. And then there's another moment where another song comes in where the stormtroopers uh, come into the house and to distract them, this store salesman comes to visit and shows the stormtrooper this thing that has a band in it and they start singing and apparently that distracts the stormtrooper for a felt like forever he was just sitting there watching it the whole time and then at the beginning of this thing the little son wookie takes out one of his toys i guess and inside this toy is a portal where random gymnastic people come out and do gymnastics for feels like 10 minutes and he's just watching it the whole time. I, I fast forwarded through that, but you know, this is a, this is a thing that even though Nathan's musical theater, he knows I'm not a huge musical fan. So, you know, not all the time, like in musicals in the, just the same way. It's not always that the actual produced song has some huge plot to it you know it's just kind of an excuse to show off the talent so I, I feel like that's what it was so like and in the sake of time since it was so terrible I did fast forward through every single performance but also there is this tiny little nugget which I actually found out today is actually on Disney plus the holiday special itself is not on Disney plus but the cart there's a cartoon segment which gives us our first big introduction to Boba Fett and it's about Boba Fett acting like he was going to help uh, mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia and all of them get Harrison Ford, or, sorry, Han Solo and Chewbacca back. But he's actually, you know, not secretly because we know he's a bad guy. He's working with Darth Vader to destroy everything, but his his plans get spoiled. And this is all being watched by the little Wookiee boy, too. Again, again, yeah. Here's a question that I, I could we could wrap up the holiday special with. For people that are maybe considering watching it, did you feel like it developed any plot or was there any characters that like, I guess you, you mentioned Boba Fett shows up. Is there any other relevance to the canon? But nobody, know, nobody knew who Boba Fett was. Like they didn't know, oh, there's that guy who turned for like a second in A New Hope. That's that guy. I was always wondering what that guy was all about. Nobody knew who Boba Fett was. This should have came out after Return of the Jedi or something. 
or like when people actually knew who Boba Fett was to a certain extent. This this was just pointless. It, it, I don't, I mean, yes, it's part of the chronological order because I guess it does kind of take place after A New Hope, but you they don't mention anything that happened in A New Hope. Nothing's mentioned about the Death Star. Han Solo and Chewbacca are just on this random mission and it has nothing to do with the Empire. Nothing. Yeah. In summary, I think it was their excuse, just like Disney does now. Like people love the characters and it was just, we don't have enough time to make the new movie yet. So it's like, how can we get all these characters on the TV, these beloved people who everyone's obsessing about? And I think that would happen in today's world, you know, like it'd just be like any other Christmas special where they throw a bunch of celebrities into a show and expect that to to carry it. Well, Marvel's doing that with Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy is going to have a holiday special. So we'll see if they make fun of Star Wars Holiday Special with that. They probably will. Brace yourself. Okay, well, then let's do some ratings out of um, Grogu's. How many Grogu's would, would you would you give any Grogu's to Holiday Special? And then, of course, the original movie, A New Hope. What would you give that? Uh, I would give Star Wars A New Hope probably a 4.5 because I Luke Skywalker is a whiner to me, huh. and I couldn't get over that. And then the holiday special, I'm not even going to give it any Grogu's. I'm going to give it a bucket of suck. I, that's going to be my new rating if, a, if something's just a replay. I'm just going to dump it with a bucket of suck. So, yeah, I would agree with your, your statements. I would probably give maybe 0.5 Grogu's to holiday special because I do think if we watched it in its era, it would have maybe been a little better and maybe 4.5 for New Hope as well. So what's our homework? Well, and one thing we forgot to mention, which we advertised we were going to talk about, and that was the first two episodes of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. We won't be reviewing those today. We won't be talking about those today because actually what we're going to do, Katie brought up a good point that we should just watch all the episodes of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series and then review it after its initial airing. So that's what we're going to do. So like I said before, we're going to take a summer break, take, take a few months off to spend time with the family. And then we're going to come back in August with Empire Strikes Back. And I think since we're taking such a big break, we could probably watch Return of the Jedi as well, because I'm pretty sure that those two movies come back to back in the chronological order. So Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Katie, take us away, if you can, with one last snippet. Well, in the words of Chewbacca, I need subtitles! Thanks for listening to Nadie and Katie at the movies. Feel free to leave us a review so people can find the show. Follow us on all our social media platforms. And if there's a movie that you wish for us to watch, you can contact us at nadieandkatie at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. 